Welcome to Gearist Action Growth, shifting business culture one conversation at a time. My name is Christine Mori and I'm joining Dr. Josephine Palermo, whose superpower is to create business cultures that transform organizations team by team. Today, we'll be discussing how to reset relationships. Hope you get value from it. Good morning. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Oh, good morning, Christy. I'm really well. I'm really well. I planted... Um, my petunias yesterday, which makes me feel wonderful because um, they're my spring flower. And I always, it always reminds me of Europe when I do that because they flower and kind of overhang the pots. And I always remember walking through these beautiful ancient towns in particularly, you know, Europe and in, in Italy and, and you know, uh, that part of the world and seeing those beautiful flowers cascade over balconies. And I've always wanted to recreate wow. that and I actually have, yeah. Great so. photo memory in my mind, or I, I love to see that in person. Oh. Hopefully we will be able to <laughs> eventually, you know, we have I know. A, a roadmap, but not yet. Yeah, I it's know. It's such a and foreign thing to think that we could leave... Um, let alone our own, uh, like our own five kilometer radius. Yes. It just seems really strange to actually go somewhere different. Exactly. And didn't we take that for granted before, really? Completely. Yeah, yeah completely. Mm-mm. Yeah. So maybe in that case, it's really good in terms of valuing things more. I hope so. I hope so. Mm. And that's uh, so where are we in Melbourne? So we're in lockdown still. Yes, we're in lockdown still. 6.0. <laughs> yes. I, I always think it's locked down seven but it's not no lockdown 6.0 yeah, has i think been we'll just extended. have the lockdown 6.0 that just extended and extended and extended but yeah um, but mm. today or at midnight we had a bit of a lift in restrictions yes yeah so uh everybody who is in melbourne can is, is probably looking at the res- restrictions i've actually not been updated all the time Mm. um just because you know just looking at COVID news all the time isn't so good so it's not and it's good to it's good to sometimes not um bring that into your orbit all the time um Mm. and and you know like like you're saying when when something um happens that you need to know about someone will tell you that so it's okay not to be obsessively looking at the news all the time I think it's particularly if it's you know helps your mental health for and sure. it's difficult not to, I think, just because that's true. all that's suppressing on us. But yeah. yeah. So speaking about difficulties, we're uh, going to talk about resetting this session. And we're actually going to be talking about resetting our relationships at work mm-hmm. or home. So this is a good one, guys. So according to some studies, 10% of the people we meet in our lives don't actually like us. Does everyone know that? I feel like I've heard that a few times. What? They don't like me, Christy? (laughs) Well, you're hard not to like. I I think you're, yeah. I feel like you have a great There will be 10% who who also don't like me too. So absolutely. (laughs) But it's like every single one of us has a 10% apparently. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Like, because we ourselves, if we did it in a backwards or self-reflection it's like if we really were honest with ourselves I could say I probably don't really jive with 10% of people I meet yeah there's just something that I'm not really you know gelling with them of course and 
you know, there's so many reasons. So anyways, um, so we're going to discuss this more in our professional setting. And mm-hmm. sometimes, and of course, we will discuss this um, also in a personal setting as well. But since it's a business podcast here, we'll try to keep it in a more professional setting. So, Joe, I guess the first question here is to have you ever reset a relationship in a workplace before? Yeah. You know what? I think even the question, can I reset a relationship, is a good Mm. question because I think people often think that they're just, you know, it is what it is and it'll never change. And I've actually... I've actually had success resetting relationships at work with people that, um, you know, were very, we, we were very, we were in a very difficult place in the relationship, but they, they are people that were peers, colleagues, people that I really needed to work with. And this is why it's important at work because, you know, often we just don't have a choice. And maybe that person that we really have to work with closely or we have to rely on you know, for our value chain or even sometimes even it's not someone who's in our organization, but it's part of our supply chain too. And it even could be a customer. And all of those things, um, you know, make a difference to our own success in business. You know, we need those, we need people to work together in an optimized way. And really, it won't always be the case that the people that you land with, it's kind of like family, right? It won't always be the case that the people that you mm. land with are people that you get along with, you can have smooth relationships with, etc. So I think, and particularly, you know, given that it's spring, I thought that we we really needed to have a conversation about resetting relationships. And I have reset relationships. And one that comes to mind is when I was very um, early in my career. So I was in my you know, late 20s, early 30s, I actually had a great role in um, a public institution where I was I was there to create a lot of change. And of course, I was working with other people and particularly people in the kind of human resource area who um, really were a bit resistant to the changes that I was mandated, you know, obligated to kind of um, be, be setting in place um, because I was working directly with the CEO And so I knew that I had a mandate, but, you know, there are people in the organization who are there to really protect certain, um, you know, systems and processes. They've got a lot of history in the organization. And it was, it was this, there was this one um, male colleague who was, um, so he was, he was uh, the head of HR. He was uh, on the exec team. He had a lot of power. He'd been in the organization a long time. And actually, interestingly, I referred to him as my nemesis and he referred to himself as my nemesis. So you can see how bad that conversation kind of went. Like we were in some fantasy, you know, conflict, you know, war here. Right. (laughs) Kind of like a superhero, (laughs) like very action cartoony. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And so, and so I would often, you know, he would often be the voice in meetings telling everyone else that what I was proposing was never going to work. And, you know, he would always have the black hat on and I just couldn't get him over the line. And I had to work with him. There was just no way of going around him. And so, so what I did was, we, I actually got to know him a little bit better by um, by sort of getting into a more personal conversation with him when I could. And so I would ask him about his background. I knew that in, in terms of understanding his 
in some ways what his fears were, I knew that he actually had a lot of experience that he thought wasn't being recognised in this new change process that we were putting in place. And he probably felt a bit miffed that here I was, this young thing coming in and creating this change when really maybe the CEO should have asked him to do it. And so so he, he felt, I think he felt a lack of control and he felt like his competency wasn't being, um, wasn't really being recognized. You know, recognized. And so what I, what I, when I realized that, so I, because the first thing I did was I've got to get to know you. I've got to understand you better. And then I thought, right, this is what your fear is. And then I started to involve him and I would actually say, hey, could I just um, have a, you know, 30 minutes with you? I'd really value your expertise on this before I kind of create this next phase of this change. And by me doing that, by me involving him a little bit more, I did it very deliberately, it started to reset our relationship and he started to kind of come on board. It took a while. It's not easy. I'm not saying it was like a miracle, but it I, I had to deliberately kind of chip away. And, and but, but by the end of it, Christy, by the time we sort of finished that change program and, you know, before I left, I remember he came to my farewell and he was the one singing my praises at that farewell, you know, kind of event that we wow. had. He was the one saying, you know, Josephine's come in and the work she's done has been really significant. And I, and he said, I wasn't sure in the beginning, but, you know, I, you know, we can see the, the benefit now and she's really done A, B and C. So, so that's the thing. It's for me, it was really about um, understanding what what it was that that in him that that was forcing him to kind of have that resistance and the thing is I hear a lot of people often say oh they're such a difficult person to um to get along with oh they only hear what they want to hear and what that is is we actually have assumptions about people so my assumption about him was oh you know he's um he's he's over the you know over the hill in terms of his expertise he's, mm. he's sort of resistant you know he's um he's he's you know traditional and not modern and I had all these assumptions about him and in fact he was actually a deep philosophical thinker and so but but and all he wanted was an opportunity to go through those kind of conversations that dialogue so that we could kind of he could be involved in some of that um, thought leadership. And so, yeah, so it was a really important lesson for me, really, really important. So that was an, a really good example. That's great. Yeah, great example. Yeah. What about you, Christy? Have you ever reset a relationship in your work? Yeah, you know, after kind of brainstorming for the session, I went away to think about it a little bit more. And the thing is, I don't think I have a great one like this one, like what you've just given. Because mine was a little bit, I remember one that was in uh, when I was working in a government office. And it was really strange because I remember this one lady, she was um, there for part time. But uh, we, she just like, I would say morning, good morning to her. I had no idea who she was, you know, when I joined the team. But like, she just wouldn't say anything. Like we would be next to each other and I would say, oh, hi, good morning. Um, and then she would just say nothing. And it's pretty awkward, isn't it? Um but I kept on like saying good morning to her, uh, even though like I would get nothing. Mm -hmm. But then um, the people that we were sitting with, because I was full time, like I got to know them quite quickly. So uh, she would only come in a couple of times. So like 
you know, we would just have our, because we saw each other Monday to Friday, like we would have our um, kind of like cordial relationship, like work relationship, like, um, and then I feel like um, she felt like I was intruding because she, on her friendship with them. Right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't really understand this because like I had never really met her before that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we had no relationship before and then we didn't even ha- like she couldn't even say hi to me or if we were at the gym um, in our building, like she could she would choose maybe the locker next to me and I, still nothing. And we were like the only people yeah. like in, do you know, like that kind of like. And she, I, she's not deaf or anything. <laughs> so you're thinking, what is going on here with this woman? Exactly. Yeah. And I kind of, um, like, like after a while, I kind of just let her have her space. Like, I wasn't, animo- like, I didn't have any animosity towards mm. her. I just felt like, oh, like, something's not quite right with this situation because, like, we have nothing, like, I think we had nothing to go from, from the start. Mm. She just was like this from the very beginning. So I just kind of left it, really. I didn't force her to talk to me. Um, We didn't really have to directly work together. Uh, But we obviously saw each other when she would come in. So, you know, I just kind of left it and just kind of like, if she didn't want to greet me or anything, I didn't like keep pressing for her to. And you probably, and it sounds like you didn't take it personally. No, because it I couldn't have taken it personally because mm. um, we didn't even have a relationship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so this was when I was younger, but I had already had a good sense of who I, who I was, I guess. Yes. So because some I people might take yeah. that personally and make lots right. of assumptions about that, but you didn't, obviously. Yeah, I think my life experiences leading up to that moment was enough that I was like, oh, well, something's not quite right here because yeah. we didn't even have anything to start with. So that was, um, so anyways, fast forward maybe a year in and our supervisor called us up and she had done a blunder. I don't, and I, she, he just had chosen me to help her with this. Right. And so I just said, yep, no problem. So I did the best I could for her, like covered her. Like I didn't think, oh, I'm going to do a bad job because she's this way towards me or something so I just did what I did and then I said okay it's all done like here you are like and then she sent me like a like a chat where she just said, oh thanks for all your work today and helping me Mm. and then I said oh no problem I said hope it did help you and then just kind of left it because like that was the first time she even said anything to me and um Later, she said, no, it really helped. And I said, that's great, Yolanda, that's great. <laughs> I'm just using her name now. But um, a- anyway, she... We can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but there's many, I feel like there's many Yolandas in the world. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, and then she said to me, like, I have to apologize to you. It was really like, it was a year after. And, and mm-hmm. I said, oh, for what? You didn't do anything. And she said, I've been very abrasive towards you and very prickly towards you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> um, but I mean, it's hard. I said, oh, yeah. And she mm. said, oh, I just thought you were um, a fake person. And this was not really your personality. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, that's really strange and interesting. And she said, but now I see, because it's been like a year there. Like She's like, now I see that you're actually this person. And I was like, oh, okay. And so it was like something to do with her own judgment. Yes, her assumption about you. 
Right. And mm-hmm. I and I can't control that no. at all, you know. And there's something about her that made her, you know, have this judgmental outlook. Um, we became friends later on, but I, I don't know if this is really a reset in a relationship, but it was... Yeah. Well, that there was a shift, but but you know what I want to focus on there are some things that you did that actually didn't um, create um, more complexity in that situation. So what? Because what people often do in that situation is they make assumptions or they internalize. So you didn't. You you kind of in some ways didn't make assumptions about what was happening with her. You realized that she wasn't um, coming forward in terms of just the niceties, you know, in terms of courtesy, you know, saying hello, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And because you didn't internalise that, you didn't feel like you had to force that issue. So you didn't, for example, get in her space and say hello to her, even though she wasn't saying hello to you. You kind of matched and mirrored the Mm behaviour. And in some ways, can you imagine, because if she had an assumption that you were fake, can you imagine how she would have interpreted you kind of reaching out to her in a deliberate way she might have she might have said see there you go that reinforces my um, perception of this of this woman she is fake and so what you did is actually took time to to just um be around this person in the way that that obviously they were sending signals about how they wanted to be around you and that's okay um if you had internalized that and some people do particularly you know, particularly some people have um, often we have we have this sense that everyone needs to like us. Everyone needs to show us the same, um, I guess, courtesy and attention and um, even kindness that we show others. And so mm-hmm. when we're confronted by someone who's a bit abrasive, we might think, well, what is it about me that that makes it OK for them to be that way? You know, what are they reacting to? I mean, and it's not nice to be on the receiving It's end. not nice. Yeah. It's not nice. But you make it worse by internalising that because sometimes you just have to understand that it's not you. It's actually them. There's something going on with them that actually is is preventing a barrier to you know the to them kind of behaving in a way you expect so if you if you limit the expectation you can you can then you know kind of just be alongside someone and 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 it wasn't until you really had to work with her that that you know that becomes an issue but if you're just in parallel with each other it's it's actually a okay to sort of think well i'm just going to keep behaving the way that i behave i'm not going to be um, you know, I'm not going to be different or I'm not going to take myself out of out of who I normally am. You know, I'm going to stay mm. authentic. So I think that that you can see that in another situation, all of that could have got a bit more complex and even led to conflict I if you had so been too. in her face a bit more. If, and then if we had to work together, like mm. I think, that, well, that's why I'm just like thinking this is not the greatest of examples Mm-mm-mm. because like we didn't have to work together. But I think if someone has to, like your situation, like you couldn't work parallel or alongside. No, you'd have to do something about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so let me let me actually go through some of the, maybe there's some tips that I can suggest mm-hmm. on what, what you would do. So if you have to work with someone, the the... The, the way to sort of do that is firstly try to understand the other person but not from the perspective of your internal um, thoughts or assumptions. You have to kind of almost do some kind of objective analysis of that person and the way to do that 
is um, to use a, a tool that I call an empathy map. And what an empathy map does is it asks certain questions. So it, it asks, what does that person say? Not what my interpretation is, but what do they say? Um, what do they do? In other words, what are their behaviors? Again, not my interpretation of what that is, but what am I observing? What do they do? And then what do they hear? If you think about, you know, try to get, put your, your, yourself in their shoes, what are they hearing? What are they kind of noticing in their environment? And then thinking to, to getting ourselves into the, that person's shoes, what is their pain? What are their fears? What are their frustrations? And what is that person's gain? What are they, what are they looking for in terms of a benefit? You know, what, what really makes them motivated? What, what, what creates energy for them? And you can see that through observation. So what we want to get to is an analysis of what is their pain and what is their gain? And then we have to ask ourselves, knowing, you know, with a bit more knowledge about their pain and their gain, we then need to ask ourselves, well, what do I need to change to make this relationship better? And then, but we also might need to ask, what do they need to shift to engage with me? You know, and it could be, so for example, your example, um, Christy, that other person needed to shift their assumptions about you being a fake person, obviously. So they needed to watch you in your authentic, and for them it took a year, but that's fine, you know, because you, you, but, but if, if the, if, it might be something else. And in my situation, that other person needed to shift their assumptions about me not being interested in the level of, I guess, philosophical dialogue that they, they wanted to kind of see because um, what so so I when I started to kind of talk to them um, and and involve them in that thought leadership more, they could see that I too was interested in those things, and so they needed to shift their perceptions of me because they had an assumption that I was superficial, that I was um, you know I didn't have the depth of expertise at that stage. I was younger, but I did have a curious mind, and they they needed to see that. They hadn't seen that. So me having a kind of conversation where I was more curious, asking questions of them really did that. So they needed to shift. And so so then, then there are things we can do to better engage with that person. But the other thing we could do, and this is a really key thing, and I've actually used this in my personal relationships too, Christy, you can actually, if you're in dialogue with that person, so maybe it's someone at work that you're you're particularly having an issue with, you can have a conversation with them where you say, you kind of acknowledge it. You say, look, our relationship isn't as good as I would like it to be. And I think to, for us to work together, um, we really need for it to be better. Would you agree? And you wait, because you need to get agreement on that. And then you say, um, this is my vision of what a really good relationship could be like. Or this is, or you can ask too, what's your, what's your vision for the kind of environment you, work, you want at this workplace? And then you go back and you say, well, what we're doing right now isn't meeting that vision. So how can we change that? What's mm. the smallest thing we can do? And I've used that in personal relationships where I've, 
literally said, this is not the environment, the family environment that I envisaged. Is it yours? Is it, you know, is it the family environment that you envisaged? And Mm. often both will agree that no, this is not where, you know, this was not our vision for how it could go. And so by focusing people on a better future, you then, you don't have to resolve the past. You just go, well, what's the first step we can make to get there? What, what commitment can we make to each other to get there? Because often resolving the past is difficult and it, you, and it, it doesn't nece- it's not necessary to move you forward. We have this assumption sometimes that we have to resolve everything. We actually don't. Mm, there's a, there's an aspect point. where we can let go of that and just right. move forward. Right. So for people who are less um, able to take those, like personality-wise, I think, if it's an introverted person, I feel like that would be quite difficult um, to do because um, like, we have to take ownership and try to engage someone that we're not able to get on with. You know and what? Then- it's probably not about introversion uh, Christy, because actually introverted people see and hear and think quite deeply, but in, yeah. sometimes more so than extroverted people who For sure. kind of are stimulated. Agreed. It's probably, the, but we do have, maybe you're thinking of people that find it hard to lean into conflict. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's it. Mm. Yeah. You know, like, like they know something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I've been on both ends at this. I've actually addressed people about it. Yeah. And I've also have been on the other end as well where I was like oh like how do I address it or do I just kind of leave it yeah. let, let me let me give you maybe a strategy so in a workplace it is often a team that we're talking about it's I mean, sometimes it's you know between two people who are not getting along but there's usually a team around yeah. them yeah. so you can raise it as a team discussion you can mm. say hey why don't we talk about our team effectiveness you know how are we going as a team um, what's our vision for and, and and part of that is you know what's our vision for how we should be relating to each other mm-hmm. or how we want to relate to each other you know another great question how do we make this the best team we've ever worked in mm. and I've often done an exercise with teams where I get them to think about the best team they've ever worked in and the worst team they've ever worked in. And I get them to actually sort of, you know, talk about those experiences. And then when they start talking about the best team, they start to talk about, you know, what's the characteristics of that? Why did that, why did that experience make it the best experience, you know, the best team experience? And then you get some of those characteristics and you go, could we implement that in our team? Right. Mm. Right. So maybe yeah. taking it, sometimes it is hard to do it on a kind of, a, you one know, with two one. people. Dyads yeah. can be tricky, right? But mm. in a team environment, even if the issue is with the team leader or the boss, the team can kind of um, create this safer space. Hmm. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Um, so we've so far we've both talked about examples in maybe more of a corporate environment mm-hmm. where there is, we're assuming there's a team, right? Yeah. So I just wanted to pose um, 
a question for entrepreneurs who don't actually have like a team working with them. Maybe yeah. they're mostly solo and maybe they're you know relationships are more with their customer or clients yes yeah and i just want to pose it for small businesses as well so i mean i think sometimes the difficulty is sometimes maybe like the customers that or clients that we we need yeah. um they're actually the problem in that situation is like we we do want their business or we do need their business but at the same time it's very difficult, difficult. yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. do you have any sort of tips for people who are maybe facing that sort of scenario yeah um it, you know sometimes a really um poignant business question is do i really want this customer because sometimes yes. you difficult customers take a lot of time and you have to yeah. ask do I really need, you know, what could, what time could I be freeing up to work with other customers that are kind of, you know, that, that are easier to deal with. And, but there might be a, there might be a customer like to your point and, and even maybe even someone who's, who's in your supply chain that you, you really do need to rely on. Mm. So in that regard, you can still have a conversation about um, the, the, you know, you can have a conversation with that person about, the level of service that you envisage you want to give them. So you can say something like, um, hey, I, I'm here to provide you with, you know, this level of service. I'm finding it a little bit tricky to do that at the moment. Um, and, uh, and it could be, and you don't even have to say why, you can just say, um, you know, when you work with other uh, suppliers, uh, what, what makes it easier for you? You know, so, so so you can you can take that client into give get them be curious about times where that client has an easier experience with a supplier, and they might actually reveal something to you where it's maybe a small thing that you're doing that's mm. really ticking them off. Hmm. So yeah, you can right. have that improvement conversation with them, right. and I think again, it's about it's about being curious. You know, yeah. be curious about what is going on with that other person. What are right. they seeing? What are they hearing? I might, you know, as a supplier to them, I might be saying something that I think is totally, you know, innocuous that is yeah. really triggering something for them. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and then they're, you know, because we all have different levels of self-regulation. Sure. They're then, you know, yes. spraying that. And, <laughs> it, and, it, and all I need to do is know that. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's really, really good, I feel. I'm more like on the first um, point where you said that uh, you have to level out if it's worth it for you yes. in your time yeah. and energy. Yeah. So I can immediately tell when someone comes up to me almost. And just, <laughs> um, I think it's because I was in hospitality as well. Like you yeah. you just meet so many people. Yeah, hospitality is a great learning space it really I is. think it's like a life space and people <laughs> don't really think they think like oh no that's just like a transition kind of place for people but like if yeah I guarantee if people like take hospitality when they're younger like you oh, seriously get life 
Yeah. Have you ever worked in hospitality? I have. I actually started working at McDonald's. Wow. um, When I was 14 and nine months, because that was the earliest I could get a job. That's amazing. Yeah, and I worked there till I was 18, and it was the best experience I've ever had. It was fabulous. I heard they had a great training program. They have a fantastic training program. It's a standard training program. They use peer training so as you work up you know your seniority you're then training others it's a fabulous model i mean there are probably some other things that aren't great about mcdonald's as a company but their training is great and it's a really great um it was a great learning um platform for me in relation to just um you know all the things you're talking about christy about really dealing with all sorts of people yeah yeah definitely i had no idea that all that hospitality would help me in the future (laughs) yeah so it's fabulous yeah it is isn't it it helps you really distinguish people and yeah to have questions of yourself well if if we take it that way i guess depends but hopefully um yeah i hate to cut this off because i know that there's more questions that maybe people have and i know that we've not even you know scraped the surface but um, if anybody does have more questions about relationships, um, particularly in a professional setting that you're having struggles with, we would like to hear it. So, you know, our email, josephine at geared4growth.biz, and just ask us what you're having troubles with, and hopefully we could rehash them and, um, yeah, we could talk about them in our next podcast. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but take care, everybody, wherever you are. Hopefully you're having a safe time today and that you're doing something good for yourself and have a great weekend so catch you next time bye